Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com. Amen. Can we celebrate the Lord? Thank our worship team. Thank you, God. We celebrate these kids down here. Let's thank the Lord for these kids. Come on, let's thank the Lord for these kids as they've joined us for worship and baptism. I'll just tell you right now, here's what I know to be true about this generation is they will fall in love with Jesus. They just got to see somebody and see what it looks like. So I'm just saying out there, just fall in love with Jesus. Invite your kids to come follow you as you fall in love with Jesus. And I promise you, you'll watch them fall in love with Jesus too. Aren't you glad that's how the kingdom works? Jesus said, come follow me. And he led us into what a relationship looked like with the father. And he said, I only say what I hear my dad say. I only do what I see my father do. It shouldn't be any different for us. And so he unapologetically, I can't say that word. You know what I'm trying to say? He said to the disciples, come follow me. Because he just wanted to lead them into that encounter too. There are no orphans in the kingdom of heaven, but somebody's got to give them an invitation so they can declare Jesus is Lord too. Is anybody out there this morning? Do y'all know how good this message is? Do you know the good, that's why it's called good news. Somebody say good news. It's good news. There's enough bad news going out there. Well, we've got the answer. His name is Jesus. Will you just go live it and invite somebody to live it alongside you? His name is Jesus. And so I love that I get to be a part of this church. Pastor Jeff, thanks for the opportunity to be a part of this series. If you're just joining us, my name is Tommy Spencer. It's my privilege to be the family pastor. And uh, we are doing a series just called All In. Give us a year. Pastor Jeff taught on giving. I'm teaching on life groups. Cade's going to teach on serving, and Pax is going to teach on worship, and I love that's four things that we're highlighting, but here's what I know to be true about it. If you'll go all in, and you'll give it this year, here's what I can promise you. You ain't going to live it any other way. How many of you know the kingdom of heaven's that good? Once you've tasted and seen the bless of giving, the bless of being a part of a life group, anybody thankful we don't have to do life alone? We got the Lord, and we got to find our people and let the people know that we are for them just like God is for us. And so we're going to elevate just the purpose of life groups in this place. One of our taglines is, we are better together. Like, I want you to tell the person next to you, all right? Speak it over. We better together, however you want to say that, all right? And maybe you don't believe it. Tell the spirit of unbelief to get out, all right? We are. God created marriages and families. And I want to say to you, that is the evangelistic tool that God put in place so others would see and fear and put their trust in the Lord too. Some of you go, I'm not an evangelist. Are you married? Do you have a family? That's where God starts. Love your spouse, love your kids, love your parents, and serve God together. And I promise you, people will watch that and it will lead them to Jesus too. That's the life that Jesus gave his life for. Anybody ready to say yes again? Aren't you thankful Jesus said yes? 
So I'm saying yes too. We are better together. And also that we were not made to fight against each other, but we were made to fight for each other. And we do that as we agree with God, as we bless God, as we praise God, as we laugh together, as we celebrate together, as we grieve together. There's gonna be those times in life, but we do it together knowing that our God is a rescuer. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. Anybody thankful that his arm is not too short to save? His ear is not too dull to hear. That's our God, and we've got a testimony, and somebody needs to hear the goodness and faithfulness of God all over again, and it needs to come from your lips this week. How many of you know the enemy's trying to convince people that God's the problem? then I wanna be the one who comes and says, no, God's not the problem. Let me tell you, he is good and faithful. And there is some things at work in this earth, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And he can do for you what he's done for me. I promise you, let's just trust him together. And so really that leads us to the whole purpose of life groups. We need people in our lives. How many know that life's gonna happen and it's gonna hurt sometimes? How many know that there's gonna be times where your heart gets broken? You know how I know? Because Jesus came to do what? Heal the brokenhearted. He's near the brokenhearted. So there's gonna be times in our life where life happens and whether we brought it up on ourselves or somebody brought it up on us, listen to me. I need someone to put an arm around me and remind me, but God is good and faithful and the yes of Jesus can pick you back up and restore you and redeem you and renew you, listen to me, so you can fulfill the purpose and plans he has for your life. And that's why we have life groups. I am so thankful to be a part of a church that puts an emphasis on obviously our weekend services, but realizes we need to be in groups of 10s and 12s and 15s and 20s. I'm thankful for our children's ministry, preschool students. We need time to come together and be reminded, let me tell you what God's saying. Or have you asked recently, what do you hear God say? I know we haven't met the last couple of weeks. Can we just agree that there's not gonna be any more ice storms, hallelujah, and snow? We gotta come together, and if there's any good that came out of that, it's this, I, I need to be with God's people in the middle of the week around a table and reminding myself who God is and who he says I am and who he says my family is, and that's the purpose. I want you to see it here in Acts chapter two, verse 42 and 47. I love that we have the word of God, and I've shared this before when I've shared, but never read this, this Bible, this word, as just words on a page. Always read it as an opportunity to encounter a person. Jesus, the word made flesh. And so as we read, this word is what? Living and active, and we have a demonstration to the, through the Son of God and the New Testament believers disciples and apostles. And so we just say, come Holy Spirit, highlight us, highlight to us what your truth and promises are that we would receive them and walk in them and your kingdom be advanced. So here's what a life group looked like as the New Testament church flourished, listen to me, flourished in a persecuted time, in a difficult time, in a bad report time. Can anybody relate? There's a lot of bad things going on. And the New Testament church flourished in the midst of that, and here's why. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, and they praised God and enjoyed the favor of the people. And the Lord, as a result, added to their number daily those who are being saved. Can anybody say amen at the reading the word? Is this not the design that God intended for us to do life with other sons and daughters in the midst of maybe where there's some bad report going on that we could remind each other, but our God is good and faithful. Can I tell you what my dad's done for me recently? Can I agree for breakthrough and healing for you? If you're not currently a part of a life group, we wanna make it as easy as possible. Fill out a card at Guest Connect. I'll call you today or tomorrow, and we'll get you in one of our life groups. It was fun this last fall to almost see 60-plus new families in our church start meeting at the Pill Barn. They walked into a setting where they didn't know anybody, and nobody really knew them, and they were willing to take a step of faith, put themselves at a table, and now there's three new life groups out of that, and there's space for some new ones. Now that the weather's gonna get better, Thank you, Jesus, all right? There's gonna be space for new ones. We're meeting in a a, a, a Garden of Dreams. I'm like, there they are. It just slipped my mind. We're meeting in a Garden of Dreams this Wednesday because it has a heater, praise Jesus, all right? And uh, as the sun comes back. But that's one opportunity for some new people because sometimes it can be hard to walk into an existing life group where there are people who are meeting. I know we have some on Sunday mornings, Monday nights, Tuesdays. Take out your church app. You can find a life group. Contact somebody on one of those deals. If you're not currently meeting with someone, we're saying to you today, here's your model. You got to find your people who will put an arm around you and remind you what the Father says is true about you. I had the Lord say this to me one time. He said, Tommy, why do you ever entertain thoughts about yourself to be true that I never even thought about you? Anybody else? So we've got to have people in our life when the enemy, who's the accuser of the brethren, who tries to bring what? Deceptions and lies, because that's all he is. He'll try to isolate you. He'll try to discourage you. He'll try to make you feel devalued. He'll try to make you feel inadequate. He'll go, that's for other people. That's not for me. No, the Lord says, this is for you too. There's all, aren't you thankful there's always room at God's table? He says what? Come, come. Come, sons and daughters, and watch what happens. When we begin to do life together in small groups and we begin to see, listen to me, our marriage begin to flourish, our families begin to flourish because we're speaking truth into each other's lives, we're speaking life into each other's lives because this is the way God designed it, then as a result, Acts chapter two, we're gonna see the law saved. Come on, somebody. Your life group needs you and you need them, but even more, the lost need to see people, sons and daughters who are running around looking a lot like their dad. That's the reason why the enemy pushes back on your marriages and pushes back on your families because the last thing he wants is someone else to get saved. The Bible says, for God so what? Loved who? The whole world. Do you know why he hasn't returned yet? Because he is patient, 
not wanting anybody to suffer. So in his coming, guess what? We're the bride of Christ. We need to meet together, all right, so we can be reminded of what God is saying about himself, about us, about our families, about our community, listen to me, about the world we live in, so we can bring light, hope, and peace to that and not let the world project onto us. We are expecting lost people to act saved, and there's no way for them to be saved unless we're willing to open up our voice and share our testimony so they can say yes to Jesus too. So God, forgive the church for trying to expect something out of the lost that they can't even do anyway, and let us step into our rightful place in a life group, in a position like this, be reminded of the truth, and watch this, walk in it so that the Lord can add to our number daily those who are being saved. Was anybody encouraged by the baptism this morning? And I think we're baptizing next Sunday, right, Pastor? All right? And so, man, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus, today's the day of salvation. You come down because, listen, we could be in the last days. We could be in the end times. And I've said this to you before. That's not the end of sons and daughters' days. That's not the last of our days. That's the end of Satan's days. But how many of you know Jesus addresses hell? It's a real place. And if someone's not confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at the trumpet blast, at the coming of the Lord, they will hear the words, depart from me, for I never knew you. And I said in the first service, and I'll say it in this service, on behalf of the church at Bushland, not on our watch. Amen? Come on, not on our watch. So I wanna say to you, if you're not a part of a life group, let the evangelism of our community maybe be something that compels you to fill out a card so we can reach out to you to get you with your people and you with those people for the purpose to grow in the grace and knowledge of God, to live it in your marriage, to live it in your family, so that as we're in the community, people will go, what's different about them? And you can go, it's my Jesus. Why don't you come and join me this weekend and we can watch them be saved and they can live out the yes of Jesus in their marriage and in their family too. Can I just see in this room right now how many at one point in your life, your, wor- your life looked a lot like the world. Someone was willing to share Jesus with you. You said yes, and now you're a part of the kingdom of heaven. Come on, all over the place. See, somebody was willing to live it out for you. Can we not do it for someone else? See, we're gonna benefit from life groups, but can we also get God's heart that as I come together and meet in those settings, like Acts chapter two, we break bread together, we pray for each other, we seek God's reconciliation together, his healing together, his deliverance. The result of that is a lost world's gonna get saved, and at the trumpet blast, they're gonna be sons and daughters as well. Anybody ready to sign up? Here we go, all right, yeah. This is the design of the Lord. How many of you know God's got a plan for your life? Come on, come on, Jeremiah 29, 11, Psalm 139. But can I say something to you? Part of that plan is that we are involved in the process. Here's God's plan, here's his will, that the lost would be saved, and watch this, that he would trust sons and daughters to trust him in the midst of the process so as they walk with him, somebody else can be saved too. See, I grew up praying a prayer, and I bet most of you know it. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Beautiful prayer. Jesus, the disciples said, Lord, Lord, teach us to pray, our Father, which art in heaven. But it ends this way. What is it? Your kingdom come. Your what? Will be done. Your plan be done. What? On earth as it is in heaven. How many of you prayed that prayer? Can I just tell you it's not wrong to pray that prayer? That's how Jesus taught the disciples to pray. But it's wrong to pray that prayer like this. Well, God, your will is going to be done no matter what. Anybody? 
Can I just tell you, when we pray, God, your will be done, here's what we're also praying. And I commit to say yes to your truths and promises and take a step of faith, realizing my, my decisions are a part of fulfilling your plan here on earth. I'll give you this testimony. Some of you know my wife and I, we adopted our little girl, Mia. She was in the first service. And we knew the night we were at a, a concert, Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, and the Lord had already moved in my wife's heart, our daughter's heart. There's a whole story there. But that night, that night we heard God that he had a plan that we were to adopt a child. And we left out of there that night knowing that there was a plan that God put in place. And let me tell you what we didn't do. We didn't step back and go, okay, God, you said it. And now if it's gonna happen, there's gonna be a child that just shows up in our home one day. Anybody here adopted? <laughs> it doesn't just happen like that. It's a process. But how many you know if God's got a plan and his plan is that we're a part of the process, he'll fulfill the promise. Come on, somebody. So until the promise comes, how many of you know you gotta have some people in your life, life group in your life, to help you when there's obstacles, when there's opposition, when there's things? Because the first thing that we faced was this. I ain't got no money in my account, God, and adoption's not cheap. And the Lord said, but you're my son and you're my daughter. And you have access to everything I have access to. And so in the midst of that plan, we took a step of faith and we made some phone calls. We filled out some paperwork. It was gonna cost $5,000 to even begin the process. And guess what? On the day we're filling out papers, getting ready to send them in, Lana can testify to it. We're in my front yard and we're opening the mailbox and come on somebody. Can I tell you how good and faithful our God is? No one knew what we were doing but God, but I open up a check and it's for $5,000. Can we celebrate the faithfulness and goodness of God? Why? Because God will fulfill his promise. It was from my grandma. The check was coming, but you know what? I didn't go, oh, wow, I can buy a new car now. I went, God, what you spoke, you will fulfill. And that only increased our faith because it wasn't gonna be an easy process. My wife's over here, I'm looking over there. This is an intercessor who basically found herself in the presence of God and says, it's time for us to be united to our daughter. And on a day we weren't supposed to get a picture of her, we got a picture of her. Anybody thankful for technology? Glory to God. And my first picture, my first thing I said was, and she looks just like me. Come on, somebody. So all that to say, I want you to turn. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna unpack something real quick for you. Look at Numbers 13. Y'all, God's got a plan. He's got a will. It's ultimately that the lost would be saved. And he trusts, I want you to hear this, he trusts you as his sons and daughters to make choices that align with his truths and promises so that his plan and will will be carried out. And ultimately, it's the promise of eternity in heaven. And as I live that out, others will see and fear and put their trust in God too. And that's the purpose of us doing community together because how many know life will lock you, knock you down and doubt and unbelief will try to set in and I need someone in my ear agreeing with God for me in the seasons that maybe I'm not able to agree for myself. When the elders come into your home and pray, when you call on your life group and they show up because you need them there, 
That's the kingdom of heaven. That's what we've been born into. That's how we've been born again. Numbers 13, you know the story, but I want to unpack something for you real quick. I want to highlight Joshua and Caleb because I believe there's a beautiful picture here that helps us see the importance of life groups. So I'm going to read just a few verses. Numbers 13, 1 and 2. The Lord says to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. So there was the plan. It's like, I'm already giving you this land. Listen to me. Does it even make sense that God would rescue them out of slavery from Egypt only to bring them into the desert so that they could die there? How many know it was God's plan for them to be delivered from slavery out of Egypt so that they could what? Have a journey as they trusted God, the cloud by day, the fire by night, to what? Ultimately what? Enter into the promised land. But they had a part in the process. And so the 12 were to basically go, come back, and give a good report, but let's see what happens. Numbers 13, 26 through 33, but they come back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them in the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to whence you sent us, and look at this. It does flow with milk and honey. Duh, God said it would, right? And it, here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. Here's where the doubt and the unbelief sets in. And the cities are fortified, and they're very large. And we saw descendants of Anak and Amalekites and all those people. But Caleb in verse 30, he silenced the people before Moses, and he said, but we should go up and take possession of the land for what we can certainly do it. Where is the Joshua and Caleb's in your life when the giants show up, when the accuser pushes back? You can go read the rest of this story. Numbers chapter 14, it goes on to say, Joshua chimes in. Let me read that part, Joshua. I mean, our numbers 14. Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. They tear their clothes. Verse 7, they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. So don't rebel. Don't entertain the accuser against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. How many of you need a Joshua and Caleb in your life? And to remind you of the promise that God said, and they will come go with you. And Justin, a buddy of mine, I mean, you know Justin Schultz, we talked about this passage, and I think it's very accurate right now in the day and time we live in. 12 spies were sent in, and 10 came back with a bad report, and only two came back with a good report. Does that feel what's going on in our world right now? But can I tell you the two, all right, the good report, that's us as the bride of Christ, and we need to echo it. We need to magnify it. We need to shout it from the rooftop because the world's going to have a response to what's going on in the world, and it can only be a bad report when they don't believe the plan and promises of God. So it might look like this. If you seek counsel from the world, it might look like, well, man, if they did that to you, you ought to do that to them. Well, man, they'll get what they deserve. Yeah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
man, you should do this because what they did, that was 100% wrong. Anybody need some Joshua and Caleb's in your life? When someone wrongs you? Because let me tell you the plan. And, and can I just say this? God gets a bad rap when bad things happen to good people. Can I just tell you not everything that bad is happening is God's fault? We live in an evil world and evil people do evil things. And that was not the plan of God. But can I tell you what plan God put in place to deal with that? is a son, his name is Jesus, the lamb crucified from the beginning of time so that the perfect sacrifice would give his life so that what, we could have eternal life and with that eternal life, listen to me, comes what? Forgiveness and what I've received, what I did, I get to give forgiveness and it comes reconciliation from the father to me and what I receive, I get to extend reconciliation. Come on, somebody. Do you see the plan? Do you see the plan? So when somebody's wronged you, don't entertain doubt and unbelief in an unbelieving world that says, told you God wasn't good. No, you respond to them and go, no, let me tell you what my God's gonna do. His arm is not too short to save. His ear is not too dull to ear. And I'm gonna believe his truth and promises. And even though I've been wronged or maybe I was a part of wronging somebody else, it will not stop that the blood of Jesus still speaks a better name and his forgiveness is still available. His reconciliation is still available. His healing still available. His deliverance is still available. The chains are still being broken. Amen? Oh, my goodness, Lord, help us get this. See, I pray today, as a result of our time hearing the word, listen, who are your Joshua and Caleb's? Who's going to put an arm around you? Who's going to help pick you up? Pity a man who falls and has no one to pick him up. Not on our watch. I'm so thankful for our life group leaders, our host homes, as they are willing to lead by example. I'm so thankful for you guys who are willing to come and be in that atmosphere and believe the truths and promises of God. If God said it, we're gonna believe it. And until it happens, we're gonna be faithful in the process because that's our God. And listen, he'll get glory for it. He'll get glory for it. I want you to, I'm gonna, let you hear a little five-minute testimony from my oldest daughter, Paige. Some of you know Paige, her and her husband, Josh, from London, been working with our students alongside Kylie. So thankful for them. They're back in London today. Josh gets his visa approved tomorrow, so just pray for that process so he can get back here, hopefully in the next week or two, continue to lead our students. But how many of you know that um, raising kids can be difficult at times? I <laughs> know, I see a few, okay. How many of you know that going through high school can be difficult at times? And our girls, it was hard. You're going to hear the other side from this testimony, though. And as parents, Lana and I, it wasn't our job to rescue our girls out of that season. It was for us to see the opportunity in that season to point their hearts to a king of kings and a lord of lords who has always been faithful and has always been good and would always be faithful and good for them, too. And so she's going to share a five-minute testimony about trusting God through the process. I pray it encourages you, and then we'll come back and close out.
Good morning, Church at Bushland. My name is Paige Whisker, and I am the oldest daughter of Tommy Spencer. And this morning, he asked me to share a little bit with you about what the word process has meant to me. And my journey with the word process started about 10 years ago when I was a student at Bible school. And I was reading all about the story of Exodus, how Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt into this promised land that God had promised them for their journey. And I was so enthralled by this story. I started reading it and I was pouring through the pages and I got to the point where the Israelites and Moses are on, you know, the cusp of their promised land. They're just on the edge of seeing it. And they send in these 12 spies and all 12 of the spies come back and 10 of them are terrified of what they've seen because they see giants in the land. They see the enemies in the land. And two of them are so, so passionate because they know that this is the land that God has promised them. And they know that God is going to be faithful to help them take this land. And those two people are Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb, long story short, and not to spoil anything for you, are the only two of that generation that get to see the promised land. Caleb is 85 years old when he finally gets to see the promised land and take the land that God has faithfully promised him. And Joshua is the one that gets to lead the new generation of people into the promised land. And I came to this realization of what were these people thinking? What was that older generation, that first generation thinking? God promised them this land and he was faithful to split the Red Sea. He was faithful to supply every need of theirs in the wilderness. And as soon as I was rambling on to God about what these people were thinking, I realized that I was in this story. I saw myself as impatient. I saw myself as pointing my finger at God saying, you're not on time. You promised this. Where's the promised land? I saw myself in this story. And right then and there, I put myself before the Lord in just complete surrender because I knew that I wanted to see what Joshua and Caleb saw. They saw God in the process. You see, I am a person that likes to get from point A to point B to point C, and I just like to go, go, go. Let's do it. Let's get it over with, and let's just get to where we're going. That's me. But what I discovered that day is that it's not about just getting from point A to point B to point C. You see, God is teaching us along this journey. He's teaching us how to trust him. He's teaching us how to follow him. He's teaching us how to even just fully surrender ourselves to him. It's about finding him in the process. It's not just about getting to the promised land. Joshua and Caleb realized that the promised land was going to be part of the process, but they found God and that was the thing that they were meant to find. You see, this morning, my encouragement to you is that wherever you find yourself in your journey, whether you're on a, in a good part of your journey, whether you're in a difficult part of your journey, that you would sit today and you would discover 
God in your process. Have a bad day, have a good day. It's all part of it. But the truth and the matter is that if we trust God and we know and we fully surrender to the fact that we can trust that he's faithful, he will always, always show up on time and he will never leave us. You see, Psalms 37, five says, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. From today and all throughout these last 10 years of me really, truly trusting God in the process, I have found that God has directed my life in such a special way. I've been to places I never thought I could go. I met my husband who is more than I could have ever imagined. And I now am continuing to find myself on a journey that I know that I can trust God and I know he'll pull it off perfectly. So my encouragement to you today, Bushland, family, community, trust God in the process. And I promise you, you'll find that he will pull it off perfectly. I love, I love my fam. God is so faithful and good. I want to just draw your attention to this. The worship team is going to come out. One of the most tragic verses in the Bible to me is Hebrews 4.2. I think you'll see it up here. This is the Joshua and Caleb generation, and it says, we have also had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but listen to this, the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. May that not be true of any of us. How many of you know that God's got a plan? Let me see your hands. And how many of you know that a big part of that plan, you heard the testimony, we talked about it today, is he trusts us to make choices in the process. And you know what I need in that process is I need some, I need some Joshua and Caleb's who will tell me to take a step of faith, to continue to pray, to get on your knees and not just tell me that, but to put an arm around me and do it with me as my brother and sister. It's families fighting for families. And that's what we want to do here at the church at Bushland. If you need to sound the trumpet back from August, we still have families doing that. And we're saying to you, we'd never want this word to be without effect because Jesus is the one who is the source and the power, and we'll take a step with you. Amen? Come on. Is anybody willing to take a step of faith with somebody else when they can't do it for themselves yet? Did you know there were four friends who brought a paralyzed man to Jesus and he got healed? Come on. Who is God calling you to be a faithful friend to in this season so his kingdom will be advanced? And I'm looking out at some sons and daughters who I believe are going to take some steps of faith. So today before you leave, if you're a part of a life group, look around the room and see if there's somebody that you could go, you know what, will you come join our life group? Sometimes that's the best way. And we get it. Sometimes our life groups don't match your schedule. But who are your people? Who are your Joshua and Caleb's? If you got a group of guys that golf, if you got a group of ladies that sew, or you got a group of men that sew and a group of ladies that golf, however it works, all right? You heard our pastor a couple weeks ago just say, let that be a life group. Let it be an opportunity to bring up the faithfulness of God and agree with his heart over one of your buddies after he tees off on hole 15. Why do we not use the space and time that we already have and let God get the glory for it? 
and we want to help connect people with people. We want to be Joshua and Caleb's that said, if God said it, we're going to believe it. And we're going to help you get back to your feet in your marriage, in your families, in your finances, whatever it is. Because if Jesus said yes, then it's willing. His, his, his best for me is my yes too. So I want you just to stand. Our ministry teams are going to come forward. If you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ, there's some Joshua and Caleb's down in front of you, and they want to be an advocate for you and tell you, all you got to do is say yes and open your heart. And just like you saw a baptism today, you can step into eternal life. We can see the dead raised in this room today. If you would just go, I need some encouragement for someone today to agree with me in prayer. The altar's open or the ministry teams are available. We're available. We're just saying we want to believe everything that God said. There's a plan. And part of that plan is me trusting him in the process because the promise of eternity is right before us at the coming of the Lord. And not only do I wanna be ready, but I wanna live a life that compels others. We beg you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be saved. May that be true of this place. God, add to our number daily those who are being saved, just like you did in the New Testament church. So we love you, we honor you, we bless you, and we love that we get to be your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.